Range is hot. On this segment of American RVer, we're talking firearms and firearm safety. Stay tuned. Do you carry a firearm in your RV, or have you thought about carrying a gun? Pick speaks with NRA certified instructor Jack Scarborough and his wife Rosie about gun safety and a general overall look at concealed weapon carry. In our tech tip segment, Jim shows motorhome owners with a diesel engine how to change out your own air cleaner. It's not as hard as you might think. We also bring you a few pictures from across the pond from fans of the show in the UK. Stay tuned for this month's American RVer. On this edition of American RVer, we're talking guns. And we know that guns are a big issue. There are a lot of pros, a lot of cons about using guns, about carrying guns, about open carry, about concealed carry. So I've brought in some experts today. Jack Scarborough is a, an NRA certified instructor, it says so right there on his little patch. And Rosie is his wife, and she's also a trained gun, maybe not expert, but you can certainly protect yourself. Right. Tell me about uh, being an instructor. What would you teach somebody in a class, Jack? As a basic handgun instructor, I teach the use, the safety, the operation, the care of a handgun. At, that's oppo as opposed to a rifle or shotgun. And it's a course that's about 10 hours, but it's mm -hmm. a very thorough course. Right. And there is a written exam afterwards. Oh, well, so for those of you who don't take tests well, be prepared. <laughs> but do take a class. That's one of the things you promote, isn't it, Jack? Be very sure much if so. you're going to use a gun, you know how to use you it. You know how to use it. Be, be sure you know how to use it. And be sure that you know how to take care of it. It's a mechanical object, ah. and it should be maintained. Okay. Rosie, why have you chosen to learn how to use a handgun? Because as a woman, I want to be able to take care of myself. Jack may not always be at my side to kind of look after me, and it's very comforting and gives me that feeling of self-confidence to know that I have a little bit of knowledge about the use and carry of a gun. I think the big question is, could you shoot somebody if your life depended on it? That could be for either of you. That is something that you really do have to contemplate and decide. Yes. What level of protection are you prepared to go to? Mm -hmm. Could you go to lethal force? Rosie and I have talked about this extensively. We've talked about it as far as protection of each other, our own life, our grandchildren, our children. Yes. We feel that we could do that. Now carrying a handgun concealed is a piece of emergency equipment. It's like carrying a spare tire in your car. You have it there in case you need it in an emergency, but you hope you never have to use it. How often do you have to practice in order to main, remain proficient using it? Again, because we talked about you better know how to use something that you might be carrying with you. I Definitely. feel like you should do it regularly because the muscles that are in force and, and that you use at the time that you shoot a gun tend to forget. And so you have to re-educate your body and your muscles, your mind, the whole thing with, with a gun. It's and like so anything else. And so there's certainly training areas all across the U.S. That's right. The class I teach in basic handgun is not the concealed carry class. There is a separate 
class. The concealed carry class is taught by state certified instructors in the various states that allow that. And that's a primarily a law class. You're taught the laws of concealed carry of your state. Right. My class is teaching the actual operation and activity of okay. shooting. Let's give the folks some idea of some of the resources that are out there, out there should they choose to research whether they want to own a gun or not. What do we have, Jack? There's a website called the United States Concealed Carry Association and their site name is usccacom.org. <laughs> it's, uh, let me see. USConcealedCarry.com. Yeah, concealed carry. But you can Google concealed carry and obviously get that. But that, this website, they publish a magazine, Concealed Carry. And these articles in this magazine and on this website have helped Rosie and I to determine whether we want to conceal carry or not. What we would do in an emergency, how we would do it. And we do practice that out on the range here. And if someone's driving in their RV and they've got a weapon with them, maybe it's a concealed carry, um, are there websites to go to to check out which states they can carry that in and how the laws are uh, in place for each state? Yes, there are websites that give you information for state laws all over the country. Or could they just call a local sheriff's office and find out? They can do that, but usually you can go to the state website and find out their <laughs> laws. Okay. Well, let's go to the shooting range and let's take a look at some of the weapons that you folks have and see what they are and talk about maybe how to be safe with some of those weapons and maybe we can try a few. Very good. Okay. Great. Jack, we've got a lot of guns and equipment on the table here and I'm a gun novice, so maybe you can take us through what we're looking at. All right. Handguns are basically two types. One is a pistol, a semi-automatic pistol, the other is revolver. This type of gun here is a revolver. The cylinder revolves as it gets its name. This is similar to the old cowboy guns you see in movies. This gun is a Browning semi-automatic. It's a semi-automatic pistol which means that every time you pull the trigger it's fed automatically from a magazine and it will shoot just as fast as you pull the trigger. This gun is also a semi-automatic. It's probably the most, one of the most famous semi-automatic guns in the world. It's the military um, Browning 45, military 45. This is a small snub-nosed gun uh, revolver that is usually the type that a lot of people carry. And if you were to um, look at these holsters that are right here next to the guns, once you put a gun in that holster, it's considered concealed, is not? That's right. And even though this is a small holster, one point, one good point is that when this gun is put in the holster, it should cover the trigger area. Uh -huh. Even though this is a small holster, your belt goes through here. The it fits tightly. This this holster has been made for this gun. It fits tightly and it covers the trigger area. That's very important, I think. Right. Okay, Rosie, we're over on this side of the table, so I'll let you talk about some of the safety things that we need to do uh, when we're target practicing and, and, and around guns. Anytime we handle a gun, we should always wear ear protection. Ear protection, this happens to be a headset that you could wear with a chainsaw as well. Anything where there's noise involved, so this is an excellent choice for protection for your ears. We also have 
the plugs. You can get these in any drugstore. They fit right in the ear canal. They're excellent for muffling the sound and protecting our ears. Equally important, you will notice we have safety glasses. This particular pair happens to have the, the tent to it, which helps in the sunlight. You can also use the clear plastic. And what's important is that it helps if it wraps around the face because sometimes the uh, little medical particles once you've shot the gun will fly back and it could easily lodge or hit you in the face and this just protects you. Which your face. is also why we're wearing hats. Absolutely. We must always wear a cap to protect not only our face but our eyes. It helps us to see. It helps to, to give us good vision. So right. All right. of these are extremely important. Okay, and now we have a pocketbook here. Tell yeah. me why we have this here, Rosie. As a woman, it's important if we're going to carry that we have a method of carry. So my choice happens to be this particular handbag. And I, the reason I like this, it has a metal fastener and my handgun slips right in here and I carry it if I choose to this side and I can easily reach in and, and put my hand on my weapon. And that's uh, one of the important points about concealed carry too, is you have to be able to get to that weapon if you need it. Absolutely. That's right. part of practice too. You should practice drawing uh, whatever weapon you carry. Right. Yes. Okay, and Jack, you mentioned earlier that this is a piece of machinery and it does need to be maintained like any piece of machinery does. So we've got a cleaning kit, I presume. That's right. You can get multiple uh, types of cleaning kits. One of my favorite things is something that has just come out uh, recently. It's called a boar snake. This slides through the barrel of hmm. a gun. You would use other chemicals, sort of cleaning chemicals and things of this nature that you can get. There's a wide variety of them, but I like the, the boar snake very much. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you for being with us today and giving us just a little taste of what it might be like to have a handgun. And um, I think maybe I'll practice a little bit if y'all don't mind. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Thanks. Great. Thanks thank a lot, guys. Thank you. Okay, you can see I've got my hat, my eye, and my ear protection. I have a gun, it's a 22. Notice that you point it down range and down the whole time. My finger is not on the trigger. Now I'm gonna take a look at it and make sure that there are no bullets in this gun. You can see that the magazine is out. I can pull it back and see that there's nothing in the chamber. So now I'm gonna go ahead and load it. Cock it and now I'm ready to shoot. Okay, now that I've taken a couple of shots, I wanna make sure that that gun is now unloaded before I put it away. So I'm gonna remove the magazine, but now there could possibly still be a bullet in that chamber. So let's look that, there is, so let's take that out. And now I know that this gun is empty and safe. Now we've only touched on firearm safety. The thing you need to do if you have any interest in firearms at all is get enrolled in a class. Go to your local sheriff's office, find out where there's some classes in your area and be prepared if you, this is something that you wanna do. Coming up, changing out your motorhome's air cleaner in our tech tip segment. Are you looking for some free camping, fun in the sun, and the opportunity to check out one of the fastest growing membership park systems in the U.S.? Western Horizons will give you a complimentary 25-night stay in any of their 18 RV resorts across the country. 
Just go to the American RVer homepage, click on the free Western Horizons camping link, and download and print the front and back of your free certificate. Read the back of the certificate for all the details. Check out Western Horizons plus camp for free. Go to www.americanrveer.com for your free certificate. Hi, with this month's Tech Tip, I'm Jim Gritch, and you know, these diesel engines that we have in our motorhomes are now pretty complicated, and there are not a lot of things that you can do, but there are certain maintenance, thing, maintenance things that you can do for your motorhome, and one of them is to change the air filter, and the air filter should be changed uh, once a year, or depending on how many miles you have on it, you can check the gauge that is supplied, and there is a, a little indicator on this gauge that when it gets into the red, is it's telling you to basically change your air filter. Now, the gauge is not always reliable, so keep that in mind. So if you've got a lot of miles on your coach, and a lot of miles, I'm saying between, oh, 20 and 30,000 miles, you might want to think about changing your air filter if you haven't changed it before. Now, an air filter is located, in our case, we have a diesel pusher, so it's in the back, and uh, we have a side radiator, so it's very easy to get to. Um, the canister, here is actually the air filter and it looks like you could probably take a paper filter out of this and exchange it and you're done well not the case actually this particular filter it's made by donaldson and the actual number of the filter is a p537447 um, you cannot take any elements out of it you have to exchange the whole canister so it's a little bit more difficult but not really too bad and you can get other filter arrangements where you can change out the element inside but uh, in this particular case we don't have that now you can check your manual for your motorhome and see what your filter is um, be aware though that sometimes the filter that they state in the manual does not add up to the filter that's in the back of your coach and that was our case here actually in the manual it says we're supposed to have a 7448 filter which is a little bigger capacity than this one. Come to find out, once we measured this and checked it out, this was actually 7447, a uh, little less capacity, and the only difference is, it's still within specs, the only difference is that this particular filter, as it gets dirty, it is gonna cut down the airflow quicker than the bigger air cleaner, which was the um, 7448 air cleaner. So keep that in mind, always double check, make sure you're getting the right air cleaner. And basically what we're gonna do is we're just going to take off two of the fixtures here. One goes to the turbo and one is for the air intake. And then we're going to basically unsnap the unit uh, and pull the whole canister out and replace it with our new unit. So it's a pretty simple procedure. They do give you instructions with the procedure for the procedure, and if you check that out, it's uh, pretty easy actually. Make sure before you start, you get into your grub clothes like I am. Uh, make sure that because uh, you are going to get dirty, there's no question about it. Make sure that you have all the tools that you're going to need for the project, so you don't have to go scrambling around for it when you're covered with uh, dirt. And uh, I guess we're about ready to start. So let's get to it. First thing we're going to do is we're going to loosen up the output. This is the output of this filter on this particular coach, which is going to the turbo. And you're going to need a socket wrench, and you can just fit that on there. And it actually comes off pretty easily. So we're going to do that, take this entire fitting off, and this fitting is basically holding a rubber boot onto the air cleaner. So what we're going to do is remove this rubber boot, and then we're going to go to the other side 
which is the air intake, and do the same thing. Once you get the uh, clamp loose, which we have, then you've got to take a screwdriver and going to basically pry up the little boot that is attached to your air filter. And you've got to pry that up all the way around because, you know, it's been on there a while, so it's going to be a little bit stuck to it. So you want to just make sure that's good and loose, go all the way around, and then we can go over to the inlet side and take that apart. Okay, now we're on the inlet side of the air cleaner, and we're basically going to do the same thing. We're going to undo the clamp on the air cleaner, and we're going to pull off the intake, which is this uh, six-inch pipe here. Okay, now I've got the two clamps loose on either side of the air filter, the intake and the output. And then I've got the, uh, the boot loose, I've got the intake hose loose, and uh, there, on this particular filter, there are two snap holders that I'm going to release, and they're just bands that hold the main body of the filter onto the coach. And so, just flip them up, and that actually releases the filter. We've got the filter loose, and we're just going to slide it out of the brackets, and take the whole unit out. And if you want, take a look on the inside of it and see how dirty your particular filter is. That one is pretty dirty compared to the new one. This is what it looks like with the air filter completely removed. You see the intake, the output, and we're ready to install the new filter in the same position. Before putting on the filter, one thing you can do to help ease the intake hose on is to take pliers and slightly bend the intake of the new air filter so the hose will slide over easier. We're now going to take the new Donaldson filter and install it into the back of the coach. Now, first thing you want to do is you want to grab it, you want to put it into the bracket just a little bit. Now, we're not going to hook up the output of this first, we're going to actually hook up the input first because it's much more difficult to get this particular input tube around the end. So we're going to take that and this, since it's not all the way in, it'll give us a little more room to put this together. So we're just going to put it over the end and then tighten the clamp. Well, we've got the input onto the filter, um, and I'm going to tell you, it's not as easy as it looks. It took us a while to get this to work, so um, be patient, get it on there, make sure you get that clamp tight on the input, and now for the output, what we're going to do, make sure you don't hook up your bands yet, we're going to just take the entire filter, slide it in, and then twist it to line it up with the output of the filter, and as I said, make sure that this rubber piece is totally around the output and you have a good seal and we do then all you have to do at that point this is the easy part <laughs> on this side apparently then just start tightening your clamp and get that nice and snug before you hook up your clamps to hold the entire filter all right we've got the output clamped up made sure that it was sealed completely all the way around and the clamp went in good so now all we have to do is we have to snap these bands back around the filter to hold it to the chassis. And so you're just going to clamp it on and snap it down and make sure your fingers are not in the way when you do that <laughs> or you're not going to be a happy camper. <laughs> 
So we do both of them, it's all set. We double check, make sure everything is tight, everything is tight on. And basically, that is the change for the filter. And so it'll probably take you uh, half an hour to do this. And remember, dispose of your old filter properly. It's um, metal and it's got some paper elements inside and probably a lot of dirt. So <laughs> that's our tip for today. And we hope to see you again next time. RVers, listen up. Have you been wanting a new TV satellite system or that new Motosat internet uplink equipment? Cordell Sales and Service, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, is the premier satellite systems installer and repair center for the Southeast. Our mobile technicians do make house calls and will repair or install on site. Call Cordell at 704-264-9486 or email mohotogo at cs.com. Connecting customers to satellites since 1995 with sales, parts, and service. Usually we feature friends across America, but this month we're featuring friends across the pond, as in viewers from the UK. Annette and Silvio Stephen, American RVer viewers from Bedfordshire, United Kingdom, found the show and became fans. They bought their first motorhome, an Aldis Auto Strauss Turbo G, and they say they are loving every second of being in it. Of course, Annette says she loves, loves, loves this show. They are members of the Camping and Caravanning Club in the UK. These photos are from the July 25th, 2009 Kelmarsh Hall, Northampton Living Century Festival. Her sister Myra is in the reenactment group. Annette, thanks for the great emails and keep watching American RVer. satellite TV and internet needs, call Cordell Satellite Sales and Service at 704-264-9486.